welcome to Not Just Pretty Faces, the podcast that celebrates women who are killing it. I'm so excited to share the stories of the women who have put their skills to the test and are working their way to the top of their game, if they're not already there. These women are brilliant, funny, and full of powerful magic. They are not just pretty faces. Hi, I'm Marina Jensen, your host and a mental fitness and resilience coach, an advocate for being experience-informed, and I help women have more success, better relationships, and less stress, which gives them more happiness in their lives. Let's get started with today's episode. All right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Not Just Pretty Faces, the podcast where we highlight highlight women who are disrupting the status quo, killing it in their businesses, are top of their game, or they are working their way up there. And today we have Amanda Lundstedt. How are you today? Good, good. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here and thanks for doing this amazing podcast. It's great. Thank you. I'm really excited about the whole format and meeting all of these amazing and powerful women and watching all of your journeys. So thank you so much for being here and congratulations. You have newly been elected. You are councilwoman elect for your area. Yeah. That is so exciting. And aren't you the only female? Yeah. Yeah. So I start my term in January and I will be, we do have a female mayor, but she is a non-voting member. And so the rest of the council is all, um, uh, non-diverse group of men and, and I respect them and they, that's great, but I'm very excited to be bringing new ideas to the table and to be being the only voting female member on that council. So, um, massive high five on that. So awesome. Thank you. Um, okay. So where are you from Amanda? Yeah, so I was born and raised in Des Moines, Rena. I'm a oh, Des Moines, yeah. Iowa native. Yep. My parents actually, funny story, still live in the house where I grew up um, over on the city's northwest side. So I'm a, are you, Rena, are you familiar with um, Des Moines? I am. I'm in Cedar Rapids. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I graduated from Roosevelt High School. So proud Rough Rider alum. And then I did my bachelor's in business at Drake University. So I stayed in the area to go to college. So Um, And then I left the state for a little while. I moved to Colorado after I graduated from college. And um, honestly, like I never thought that I would ever be back to Iowa. And as life would have it, I met an Iowa farm by that I was while I was out there and I married him and that's what brought me back to Iowa. So here I am. That's funny. You (laughs) met an Iowa guy in Colorado and you both came back. It's so true. Yeah. He was actually out visiting. It's kind of a long story, so we don't need to take time to go into it, but he was visiting. I was living there. Mutual friend introduced us and fate had it. So we (laughs) (laughs) I love that. So where do you currently live? Yeah. So my family and I make our home in Pleasant Hill, which is um, on the Eastern for those of you who may not be familiar um, with the area listening to this podcast episode, it's on the Eastern part of the Metro of Des Moines. So we're still considered part of central Iowa. Um, and it's a, a beautiful little suburb that we like to joke over here. It's kind of one of Des Moines or central Iowa's best kept secrets. Um, it's just a, an absolutely amazing suburb that we love, love living here and being a part of it. And now super excited to be on city council. So it'll be really fun. That's awesome. Who do you text the most? Uh, my husband. <laughs> <laughs> Communication is like a key to our relationship. 
Um, and we both are um, high achievers and I, I'll be the very first one to say it, Rena. I'm a high achieving woman because I've got an amazing, amazing partner and my husband and um, he supports me in everything that we do. But yeah, we text, the texts fly back and forth. Like we'll even be officing from home and he's down the basement and I'm upstairs and we'll be texting back and forth during our work days. So yeah, nice. it's fun. I love that. I love that. What is a favorite, favorite trip you have taken? Oh my gosh, that is actually really hard, but I'm going to have to go with Italy. So my husband and I love to travel. It's just something that we totally prioritize. And, um, in 2019, um, we went and spent about two and a half to three weeks in Italy and we flew and we did what's called the big three Rena. I'm not sure if you've ever been to Italy before, but we did Venice, we did Rome and we did Florence. And, um, it was just absolutely phenomenal and absolutely life-changing. Um, we, and obviously this was before the pandemic. And so life was quote unquote, very, very normal. And so we were able to have a very normal experience traveling and everything. And, you know, it just brought in my experience of the world. We'd never been to Europe before. And just to see a totally different culture, totally different language, totally different food, um, and so much history, both my husband, and I just love history. And so to see the culture and the art and the especially in Florence and Rome and, and just the history is absolutely amazing. So I'd have to that go with that be. trip. Yeah. Do you speak Italian? We do not, but in the months leading up to our trip, my husband put Italian language on Sonos. So like we could like learn it. And he was like intent on us learning like the basics, but I was like, I don't have time for that. And so I know like this, like uber little Italian, my husband actually picked up a little bit. His mom spoke Italian. So yeah, I think it runs in the family or something. <laughs> That's amazing. How do you self-care? Yeah, great question. Um, the best way that I self-care is to withdraw. And so what I mean by that is we do travel, right? I do take time off. Um, I recharge my own battery. Um, and that's the single biggest thing. Like I tell my clients now, like I, I love them. And when I'm here, I'm on 24 seven. Um, but when I'm off, I'm off and they know, like, like they can call somebody else. Like I have somebody that they can, who can help them if I'm out, but when I'm out, I'm out. So that's the single biggest thing that I do um, to um, recharge and, and, and to reconnect. Um, but then also just um, honestly, like self-care um, was, I think the term you used, but also just exercising. I love, love, love working out. And it's not as much as it is. Um, of course, it's about staying healthy, but it's about keeping my mind healthy too. Um, and when I don't get to train, like I get really cranky. So I swim, I bike, I run, and I strength train. And I, I love doing all those things. Um, and there's nothing better to me than like after a really frustrating day to either get up in the next morning and go like beat it out in the water, or beat it out at the end of the day. Like some of my best swim times are after the frustrating moments. Um, but that's a huge, huge way that I self-care and I love that's it. Amazing. Yeah. I was creeping on your Facebook page and I saw that something about a triathlon and I was like, damn. <laughs> I enjoy it, Rena. I've, I've been racing for gosh, over 10 years now and, um, or close to 10 years, right about there. And I enjoy it very much. It's a great outlet for me. It is a huge self-care. Um, and it's just the benefits of it are so abundant. It makes me a better coach. It makes me a better leader. Um, it's just a total win-win. So yeah, I'll keep, I'll keep with it until my body won't let me do it anymore. So hopefully a lot of that. years left. So yeah. All right. So let's talk about speaking of coaching and clients and, and all of these things, yeah. you, you are a busy woman. In addition to being the councilwoman elect, 
You are also on the NABO board. You are the advocacy chair. NABO, for those that don't know, is the National Association of Women Business Owners. And there's a local chapter in Des Moines. And you're part of that. Uh, you also own Lunset Coaching. And uh, uh, ah, I didn't have the rest of it on there. You're good. Lunset Coaching and Consulting. consulting. Yep. yep. Yes. <laughs> I was like, what's that other word? I know it. I know it. Um, and you are also a, a managing partner, is that correct? In yeah. Accelerate Action Coach? Yeah, yep. It's actually Active Edge um, Sports Massage. Yep, is my where I'm managing partner. Yep, yep. Okay, so, so I yeah. have that too. So yeah. there's, yep. there's a couple of things. Yeah, so I've got Active I've Edge Sports Massage. Yeah. yeah, yep. That's where I'm managing partner. Yep. yep. Okay, I got those two confused. Oh, good. Thank you, Thank All you good. for that. <laughs> All good. Yeah. So let's talk about, I mean, I don't, I don't know which one to talk about first. Yeah. Which one should we talk about first? Yeah. So, I mean, I'll just kind of, let's start with kind of in the beginning, right? Let's start yes. with, um, let's start with active edge. Right. So, um, after I finished business school arena, um, my husband, and I self-financed and started the private practice of active edge, um, sports massage, which is a massage healthcare private practice in central Iowa. And um, I was uh, the sole owner and operator for the first few years. And then I eventually grew that out because I love, first and foremost, I'm a businesswoman and I absolutely love, love, love business. And I love small business. And so um, I grew that out and grew a team out and grew to multiple locations. Um, and then the pandemic hit and um, life changed, right? Life changed as it did for so many. And so um, with the pandemic, it was actually an amazing opportunity for my husband and I. Um, and shortly after... Um, the worst of the pandemic had passed, we actually sold that clinic to one of my associates. So mm -hmm. I still act as managing partner in that um, and work with her, but eventually she will, will buy me out. We're on that strategic timeline, um, which is actually one of the fun things that I actually speak about is buying and selling businesses, because that's something that I have personal firsthand experience in. So, um, so yeah, let's, let's start where it all began, right? It was active yeah. edge that helped make me a businesswoman. It helped me um, allow them to have that confidence that I use in my business coaching now, which is more my day job um, and in Lundstedt coaching and consulting um, because I draw firsthand from those experiences, right? I, when I coach my clients as a businesswoman in Lundstedt coaching and consulting, like I don't tell my clients anything that I haven't tried before. And I can really truly empathize with them, Rena, um, at a level that's so different from any of the, the coaches that I'm on the team of, of coaches with, right? Um, and so, yeah, so there's, there's active edge. Obviously we could talk about a lot more, but do you have any questions about active edge? I, yeah. So were you an actual massage therapist at the time? Yep, I was, I was. So I went to massage therapy school after I finished my degree at Drake. Um, and so I am actually, I still do maintain that licensure because, um, another thing on my list is I'm actually currently on the Iowa, um, department of public health state massage therapy board. And so I do have to maintain my licensure for that. I don't have to actively be practicing, but I, um, do, um, support and go to those board meetings and things like that, um, for IDPH. So I still do have my license, but I am not, um, practicing because, um, obviously my, my partner does, she's the director of patient care while I'm, um, and clinic care, excuse me, while I'm managing partner. So it's a really, really amazing business relationship that we got super thankful for her. She's thankful for the opportunity. Um, so yeah, it's been a great journey. Yeah. So. We could totally get lost in the weeds of active edge, but I know that with your coaching and consulting business, um, you are also a uh, part of accelerate action coach. Huh? And one of the things that we wanted to talk about 
was being the only female coach yeah. in that organization. Yeah. So let's have that conversation. Yeah. What's that yeah. like? Um, it's interesting. It's funny, Rena, because being a young female in an industry that's overwhelmingly dominated by um, retired men that were C-suites, right? And so a lot of my peers in that profession, with all due respect and deference to them, um, they, most of them never ran a business before. And most of them um, don't really care to have that, what I call that um, relationship with their clients. And I mean that in a very positive way. Um, and so being a young female in this world is absolutely fascinating. And I totally swim upstream a lot of times, but honestly, Rena, I love it. I totally love it. I it's wouldn't amazing, have anything, isn't it? <laughs> I'll ask questions on like group calls and they'll be like, well, nobody's ever asked that before. I'm like, how would nobody have ever thought of this? Like, it's just super funny. Um, but I, when I coach, I coach from such a different perspective that I'm here to get my clients the results that they want to get, but I'm also here to build a relationship with them. Because if you get results for your clients all day long, but if you don't care about them and you don't care about their families and you don't care about them as people, you're never going to be able to retain them as clients. And your clients are going to see through that really quickly that you're just trying to make a quick buck or quick sale off of them. So in my coaching, like I'm not all about the relationship either. I'm not there to sit there and be all chummy chummy with them. And sometimes with my clients, like there are times when I do have to lovingly be, be harsh with them and, and discipline them in the sense that like, okay, we can't move on until you've gotten this homework done and you have to get this homework done before we can get to this so we can have success. Right. I don't just give them a free pass. Um, but it's finding this balance. And, and, and I'll tell you, because I am so different as a female coach, um, a young female coach who was a former businesswoman and is still a businesswoman in this industry. Um, you know, all, my clients are very different from, from a lot of the other coaches' clients. So the majority of my clients as a coach overwhelmingly are female and minorities um, because I, because I have that results oriented approach, but also I build that relationship with them. So like a lot of my clients, like, I mean, I have one client right now, she's getting ready to go on maternity leave. And she was like, all I want to do is have a maternity leave. I could not have a maternity leave with my first two babies because I was too busy running my business. Oh, and so yeah. we worked with her for, I've worked with her for the last six, nine months. And we we're like, this is going to happen. Like you're going to be able to stay home with that baby. Um, and so those, and then I have another client who she's got three young kids and she's like, I just want my business to be able to finance my college for my kid, like the education for college, for my children. I'm like, great. Like we're going to make that happen. Right. Um, and so that's just like one of those ways where I really differ. Like, again, like with all due respect to them, but a lot of the other coaches are like, oh yeah, my clients like buying is like third lake house and I'm happy for them, Rena. I'm so happy for them. It's just not what I've chosen. And it's just one of those ways where I'm like, I totally am like, I'm like the odd woman out and I love it. Like, I absolutely love it. I'm like, let me take those clients like that. You know, those are the ones that I want to work with. Those are ones that um, just really, I think align more with my values and my experience. And that's a good thing to have that diversity, right? It's a beautiful yes. thing. So yes. yeah. yeah, I love that. I love that so much. I am also a coach and I, I get, I understand exactly what it is that you're talking about. Like our, our clients cannot do those things if they are not willing. And, and sometimes we have to say, I cannot want your success more than you want it for yourself. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yes. I've had to use that line. Like I can't care more this about this for you than you care about it for yourself and yes. for your business. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's true. amazing. Um, in the 
uh, application to be on the episode, one yeah. of the things that you wanted to talk about was confidence as a female leader. Yeah. So I'm super curious about uh, your take on that and how is it different and why do we need to acknowledge these differences? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like there were like so many things loaded into that. So I'll start with what first came to my mind and then you can kind of prompt me for the follow-up questions. Does that sound fine? Yes. So Rena, one thing that has, um, I draw from my experiences is that I've dealt with imposter syndrome so many times, so many times I dealt with it when I was growing active edge. I was like, I want to be one of the top and most expensive massage therapists in the, in the state. And I don't know if I can do it. Um, so I, I overcame it then, right. I, I had such low confidence in, in my own ability. And then when I became a coach, I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I can do this business coaching thing. I know I have a passion for it, but I don't know if I have the experience. And I doubted myself. And I'll tell you, Rena, when you're in a group of, you know, um, older retired male executives that are very confident, um, that really doesn't help things. Right. It really, I'll be the first one to say, like, it really, I had to overcome that. That was hard. And then running for public office. Um, you know, when I, my husband and I first started down this journey, like I actually literally said to him, I was like, you go and run. Like, I, I can't be a candidate. I got too much going on. Like I never studied politics in college. Like, what do I know about running? And he was like, no, like you're, you're going to be the one to do it. Like you do this, go after it. And so I've, I've overcome imposter syndrome too many times that I can think of. Right. And I think it's such, it breaks my heart because statistically speaking, women deal with that way more than men do. And just to give you an example of this, when I was trying to decide whether or not to run for public office, I had an amazing female mentor who, who was one of the ones that came to me and said, you need to run. And I said to her, no, like I'm not going to run. And I, I shot it down immediately. Um, but then I started to think about it some more. And then I have an amazing male mentor who's a good friend and a, a great, he's a retired politician. But I, I went to lunch with him and I, I said, Jake, do you think that I could run? And he says, yeah, you can run and you should run. He said, Amanda, I can guarantee you all things being equal. If there were a man sitting here with the same opportunities as you and the same experience, he never would have thought twice about running. But for women, we have to ask them nine, 10 times. And that's just running for public office. Think of what that's doing for like running a business or taking a job or, or putting yourself out there and trying something new that inside you might be scared snotless, right? But, but you go after it. And so I, I draw from my experiences and I seek to lead other women to serve them to say, hey, look, like, I've overcome this. Like it wasn't something that I never magically didn't deal with. I acknowledge it, but I also want other women to know, like it's overcomable. It's, and it's totally should not hold you back. It should not. And in many ways, when women allow those lack of confidence and those imposter syndromes and everything, it kind of goes into that bucket, holding them back. I think there's Rena, I just think there's so much untapped potential for women. I think it is not, it is not a matter of ability. We have amazing, amazing female leaders. And I think there's still so many more of them that are out there that mm -hmm. just need someone to come and see their potential and to help them and to help guide them and to help spur that on. Yes. I, I could not agree more. And there was a book that popped into my mind called invisible women. <clears throat> That's right. not the entire title. Have you, have you seen this book? So I have not, but I'm writing it down for those of you, cause you can't like, right. see the, but I am a voracious reader. And so I have, I'm actually kind of surprised I haven't heard of it, but I really appreciate the recommendation and I'm going to go like, check it out. I want to read yeah. it. 
So this book is about all of the ways in which women are not considered because we're not at the table, because we're not having conversations, a variety of things, like from bus lines to venture capitalists, this book is amazing. I will get the entire title for you and send it to you. And um, if you audible at all, it's a great listen. She's, she's got a a great accent and she just is just so flowing. Um, But anyway, back to imposter syndrome yeah. There, that, that is so like in the, in this book, she talks about women seeking venture capitalist funds and how a majority of venture capitalists do not invest in women, uh, especially tech companies, women owned tech companies, because they seem, they, they view that as too much of a niche product or yeah. niche line. And, and I have a friend, I talk about her all the time. I think I've, I've probably inadvertently plugged her on every single podcast episode. Love it. She, she has started um, the agenda period, uh-huh. which is um, her name is Alex. And she has um, this app that will allow you to sync your business with your cycle. I love it. I She's love amazing. it. She's actually in the um, uh, uh, a networking group in Des Moines. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> so she, she was looking for a venture catalyst. She went to a venture school through the university of Iowa and the mentors in, in that venture school said to her, this is too niche. Yeah, this is too niche. And she was like, well, half the population menstruates. So help yeah. me understand how it's too niche. And I think that was just a great conversation, but she did not have imposter syndrome. I'm sure she did to a certain extent, but she, we've had several conversations about how she just knows that this is the way to go. And we, as women are not, uh, full of that on a regular basis and not just about business, like anything. Yeah. We're constantly trying to not trying. We are constantly second guessing ourselves. Yeah. 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 And feel like we have to prove more to bring ourselves to the table rather than just showing up and be like, here we go. Right. Um, yeah, no, I really appreciate you sharing that story. And that's, it's, I'm sorry that she was treated that way. It doesn't surprise me, but I also am glad that she was like, Hey, like, here's the scoop. And I I'll tell you right now, like, I mean, this is the first I've heard of her, but I'll, I'll just like, as a businesswoman, I think she's got a freaking amazing business opportunity. I will send you her that that link as well. You will love it. You will love the conversations that surround that. Anyway, back to you. Um, what conversations would you rather be having in your industry? Yeah. Um, how in my, who gosh, in my industry, um, as a businesswoman, how do we get more successful women as business owners? And I would even say so far as minority business women, because when you look at, look at, you know, lending, right. They can't even get the funds that they need to start the business. So they're oftentimes trying to get startups going on their own, which is really hard. It's extremely hard, right? So there's a direct link between business ownership and female entrepreneurship and and confidence and success and leadership. So if we can get more women into these roles as business women in whatever the field, right? As an entrepreneur owning and operating their own business and thriving in it, right? Not just struggling through each day, but actually thriving. I just, I think the ripple effect of it, Rena, of, of giving back to the community, of creating jobs, of, of financing college educations for children. I just think the ripple effect of it is going to be huge. And, and related to that, Rena, I think women in business 
they bring something so unique and beautiful to the table. I mean, when you have a whole group of, of men, business owners, they're going to see things all the same way. I mean, let me use your friend for an example. They're not going to be worrying about PMSing. They're not going to be worrying about, um, you know, um, uh, when a cycle starts or when a cycle ends. Um, and I'm totally pausing on the word right now, but um, menopause, they're not going to be worrying mm -hmm. about menopause, right? But these are things, these are real things that women have to deal with, right? These are real things that affect um, how a woman does business. And, and even if yes. she chooses not to be an own business or even if she's in the executive suite, right? Um, I don't know. Have you ever read the book um, Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg? It's a, it's a classic. I know that book. Surprisingly, I have not read it and I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, it's a quick read. I, if you're like me, you've got like a gazillion books on your read list, but put mm -hmm. that one on there, Rena, and catch it sometime okay. when you're a holiday weekend or something. But in there, Sheryl talks about, um, you know, when she was first at the table, I can't remember if it was Facebook or Google. I, I can't remember. Um, but she tells a story in there. She needed to just simply use the women's restroom. They did not have a women's restroom for her. She had to use the male's restroom. I mean, how like crazy is that? Right. So these simple little things, right. Of just, um, getting more women out there and getting more women in all capacities. Um, and just what we bring to the table, I think is just, uh, it's something I'm so deeply passionate about. And I just keep going back to it because the benefits there are just absolutely endless. Yeah. And was she also the one that talks about being pregnant and having to walk a, a ridiculous distance to so the office? That it was either her or Kim Scott because Kim Scott okay. told a story in radical candor. And I can't remember if it was Cheryl or Kim, but you know, they're both like, you know, C-suite execs out in, you know, Silicon Valley and all those high tech firms. Um, because Kim had a pretty high, um, pregnant, like she tells the story of her pregnancy with her twins in there. And I, I can't remember, I know the story of what you're referencing. I just can't remember where it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. she was and whichever one it was that if I remember correctly, they were hesitant to even bring up the fact that that distance was too far yeah. for that stage of pregnancy. And then when they did, um, whoever the CEO was, was like, I, that's never anything I would have considered. Um, yeah, let's change that. So just being able to communicate our needs is not something that we're, we're brilliant at doing either. Right. Right. But you know, what's interesting too. And, and I think this is an important point to mention. It's also really important that women surround themselves with men who are supportive. And this is something that I see. Um, I mean, again, I'll, I'll just draw from my business coaching experience, like I'll suggest ideas and there are men in the room that will shoot it down just like that without even like giving a second thought. They're like, well, that's just a dumb idea. Well, that's fine if you feel it that way. But Rena, you and I both know that having that type of scarcity mindset is not the way that leads to success, right? So we as women should be surrounding ourselves with other men that are like, no, go after it. Like, like I've said, been very transparent. Like my husband's my biggest cheerleader. Like I would not be anywhere close to where I am with he didn't, you know, help me to go after all these things, but he knew I was capable. He knew that, you know, being a woman shouldn't hold me back. If anything, that should allow me to go that much further. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that just to know that there are a lot of really amazing, amazing, good guys out there. And we just need to make sure that we're surrounding ourselves with those good guys. And if they're not going to be in our camp, that's fine, but we don't need to waste our time with them. Right. We just need to not let them distract from our mission and, and just not spend any time with them. So, yes. yes. There is uh, another book called Positive Intelligence. It's amazing. You would yeah, love yep. it. You've read it. 
Yes. I'm familiar with that. It's good. I so love it. I have taken that 10%, the yes. And, and the 10%, I have taken that to so many places and said, you know what? You may not, you may think that so-and-so has a horrible idea simply because they remind you of someone from your childhood that you don't like. But if you could just take 10% of what that is, <laughs> of what they've said and build upon that, then you guys could get somewhere. Totally. And, and their faces are like, no, 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 no. And then, you know, furthering challenging that, then they, it always inevitably ends up with something that they can build upon. Yep. Yep. I, I just find I, I'm a huge communication and, and, um, experience informed nerd. So you do. I, <laughs> I could go off on this tangent, but I don't want to do that because this sure. is about you <laughs> and all of the things that you have learned. So, okay. So, um, did, did we actually tap upon or, uh, tap into why do we need to acknowledge these differences in, in um, conference and female leadership? Yeah. Like, I'm not sure. Sort of if we did. Yeah, but I mean, let's just take a minute to answer it directly. Yeah, let's. How, so ask the question again, How say it one more time, Rena, please. So confidence as a female leader, yep. um, uh, why do we need to acknowledge the differences between male and female leaders? Yeah, oh my gosh, it's so great. We need to acknowledge it because that's how we can thrive the best. If we don't acknowledge an issue or not necessarily an issue, but a difference, if we don't acknowledge it's there, then we don't know how to respond to it, right? If we don't acknowledge that a woman needs a mother's room, then we're never going to be able to fix the problem, right? So you have to acknowledge the situation at hand. And I'm not trying to overly simplify it, but it's like any other problem, right? You know, that we even deal with in our daily work. You have to acknowledge those differences to be able to create that win-win and to be able to find that solution where everybody, including women, are going to thrive. If you're going to be closed-minded and not acknowledge the differences or not see the beauty of them or see them as a negative instead of as a good thing, then you're never going to be able to create that um, environment and that culture where things can really blossom and things can really grow. So, I mean, I think that's a, a pretty direct way to answer that question. Obviously we could spend another, I don't know, half hour answering that, but yeah, those, that's my thoughts on that one. Yeah. I think that's brilliant. Um, you, the other thing that I wanted to ask you about is you, you have so many things that you are doing. You are yes. council elect, um, running multiple businesses, coaching other business owners. And one of the things that many people have questions about is time management. Huh? Yeah. I'm going to ask you about your time management, yeah. given all of these things and yeah. still making time for the, the form of self-care that you love the most. Yes. How do you, how do you work it all together? How do you, yes. how do you deal? Well, I'm going to be really honest with you. My answer is not going to be very popular, but okay. people may not like it, but it's the answer. Okay. Um, I'm very disciplined and Jocko Williams has a phrase that says discipline equals freedom. Mm -hmm. um, I am very disciplined with my time. And so I wake at pretty much the same morning time every morning. I get up early, I get my day going and I get things done. And I like to joke, I do more by 7 a.m. than some people choose to spend their day doing all day. And that's their choice, right? That is my yeah. choice, right? Um, you know, I have people that look at me and they'll tell me and they'll mean this negatively that I'm like a workaholic. And I'm like, you know, that's fine that you call me that. And I don't take that as a bad way. And not you, Rena, but I'm using that rhetorically, no, no, right? Um, but I have freedoms that those people have not chosen to have. And so I don't want to trade those freedoms. Right. 
And so, um, so I'm very disciplined with my time, but an extension of that discipline, I, and I keep great structure. So like my husband and I, like we have our dinner time and that's our family time. And so like at that point every night, like that is the time that we convene, we come together. That's just something that's incredibly important to us and what we prioritize, right? So I'm very disciplined, I'm very structured, but then an extension of that is, um, I'm also extremely careful, Rena, who I spend my time with. And I'll use this example that my clients have heard 10,000 times. You can love people and you can love them from afar. Yes. And you can be very intentional to not spend time with them. Um, I, a very personal story that's very deep to me, but I have a sister whom I love. She and I were extremely close growing up, Rena, extremely close. Tragically, our lives took very, very different paths when we became adults. And now... I love her to pieces, but she is a very, very broken, embittered individual. Those are decisions that I never made for her. And I do, I intentionally choose not to spend time with her because she's such an energy vampire. So I still love her. I love her extremely much, very much. She's always invited to our home when we do family stuff. Family is very important to my husband, but I will not choose to spend my time outside of family time with her. I just won't do it. It doesn't bring anything good to her or anything good to I. And so um, how I manage those things is being very, very intentional of who I spend my time with. Um, and so I only want to spend my time with people that allow me to encourage them and to love on them and to serve them. And, and I find that that's reciprocated when I can encourage somebody else um, it, it, it's my, my cup gets refilled on my own. Right. Yeah. Um, and so those are the types of people that I choose to spend my time with. So I have a very close, um, small circle. Um, and then, you know, outside of that, um, yeah, I just, I, I'm, I stay pretty busy with what, what I've got going on and with what my goals and my missions and, and those I'm supposed to serve, right. Whether that's through serving via the Iowa department of public health or serving through city council or serving through my clients, Um, but just making sure that, um, you know, I'm disciplined. And then the last thing, not to make it like a super long answer your question, but I think it's important to mention, um, my husband and I use systems heavily. We, and I, I, when I coach Rena, I'm a huge believer in congruency. And what I mean by that is if I'm coaching this to my clients, then I'm practicing it myself, which actually, interestingly enough, is something that's kind of funny that also sets me apart. I work with other coaches that'll tell their clients to do one thing, and then they themselves will do the absolute opposite. And it drives me nuts, Rena. It drives me nuts. <laughs> yes. What? Like, how can your clients like trust? Anyway, that's another conversation for a whole nother day. But um, I'm very congruent. And so what I, when I, I, yeah, I use systems heavily, right? So we have automated systems for I mean, just about everything, right? Like I, I have house cleaners that come to my home. I have an amazing female and small business that I love supporting them and they get to come and clean and, and they come and take great care of our home for me. I know the days of the month that they're coming. Um, I have systems for my laundry. I have systems for my grocery shopping. I have systems for my financial management. I have systems for just about everything. And, you know, there, there are some people that say that might be too type A and that's what they, they might be for them, but that's how I thrive. Um, and so it's making sure that I'm using good systems that are getting me a good return on my, on my time. So I love that. I love that. Do you, uh, funny side question. Do you clean before the cleaning company comes? <laughs> That's a great question. The answer is no. Um, but again, my husband and I, like, we have things that we do every single day just to see yep. for our own sanity. So like, here's a perfect example. 
like my husband, he's, he's an amazing, like we totally um, split chores at our house. Like he cleans litter box every single day. So we know that that's always done. I take care of the kitchen. So at the end of the night, like the kitchen's cleaned up, the dishes are all like, there's none sitting in the sink. So there's certain things that just help us flow for our stress levels and for productivity. Um, and so, no. So when the cleaners come, it's like, here's your check. Thanks. We'll see you later. <laughs> so when I was a kid, my dad was looking for someone to come clean our house. And I said, dad, we have to clean before she gets here. And he said, no, we don't. And I was like, what? He He's said, like, look, she needs to know what she's getting into. <laughs> I love it. I love so it. I ask that now of everybody, like if they, if they've hired somebody to come and clean their house, are they cleaning before their cleaning person gets there? That's so it's a great question. And I do know people that do it. And I'm like, right. Yeah. I don't have time for that. Rena. It goes back to my time. I'm like, I'm not cleaning exactly. before they come. Like, uh, right? no. <laughs> ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> right. So the other thing that I wanted to, to point out, you use the word discipline, mm -hmm. which I think is very interchangeable with the word boundaries. And oh, that's yeah. something that women are typically not great at setting because we're, we're, you know, it's been ingrained in us for generations upon generations that we don't matter and that everybody around us does. So I really wanted to make that point for the people that um, hear that word discipline and don't correlate that to boundaries, because it's, it's so important that they know that boundaries are not bad. Boundaries are the best thing ever. They are. And I agree with you 100%, Rena. 100%. I mean, and, you know, I'll be honest and I'll put this out there in podcasts. If anybody wants to borrow this phrase, they are more than welcome to. But if somebody's going to cross the boundary of mine, um, especially like if it's like an after hours thing, and I know that that's our family time, you know, mm -hmm. the phrase I'll give, and it's a truthful phrase is thank you for the invite, but I'm already obligated during that day and time. And it's true. I am obligated to my family and I value my family and I'm going to be with my family. So that's a good phrase that I've used. And, and if somebody pushes back, is like, well, what are you obligated with? You don't need to even respond. That is, I, I mean, if they were that bold, that is not somebody you want to be spending your time with. Exactly. The people, the people that you want to spend your time with will respect that. And they'll be like, Hey, thanks for getting back to me. Peace out. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and setting in those boundaries. And I think, again, that's another thing too, for why I'm able to manage so much is because I I've learned, but that's something too, Rena, I'll tell you, like, I, I was always good at it, but I not refined it to the extent that I have now, but even when I was a massage therapist, massage therapists are freaking notorious for taking clients whenever and whenever, like whatever and whenever they want in. Yes. And the day I started my practice, I was like, these are my office hours. If you don't want to see me during these office hours, I'm going to refer you out. And really quickly, I had some clients that tried to push those boundaries. And when they realized that they weren't going to be pushed around by me and that they were either going to get a referral or the one time it's a free market. I told them, yeah, I'll stick around, but it's going to be a $30 upcharge. Well, they don't want to pay the upcharge. So I'm like, all right, then come in when I'm here. Right. Mm -hmm. So protect your boundaries. Right. And, yeah. and respect those boundaries and enforce them. Nobody's going to enforce them for you. You got to enforce them for yourself. Absolutely. I have a client who owns a massage, uh, and spa <clears throat> and she, um, we were just having this conversation like two weeks ago. Yeah. She's like, you know, when it gets really slow, I'm more inclined to take clients at all times, sure. just so I can have that money coming in. And she said, but then I have a really hard time getting them back, back. in my yeah. boundaries. And I said, you know, I, I get it. One of the things that you can say is I don't typically offer yeah. this. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you can, you can put that out there right up front. This is not a normal time that I will be doing this. 
for my own, you can share or not for my right, own right. reasons. I'm, I'm right. going to open this up, but just know that that's not going to be a forever thing. Right. And she was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. That was a great coaching Rena for me. Yeah. Yeah. That was she, brilliant. She is, she is absolutely amazing. She was actually on the podcast a couple of weeks ago too. And, and it was, just having that conversation with her was awesome. Uh, okay. Couple final questions for you. Yes. I, and this is, this is one I ask everyone, but I'm super excited to hear what you're going to say, given the, which the listeners can't hear, but behind you is a massive bookshelf <laughs> full of books. And you yeah. even said that you're, you're a huge reader. So <clears throat> what is one book recommendation that you would give? Oh man. I, okay. I love, hate this question. So thanks for <laughs> asking it. But the reason why I hate it is because it's always so hard for me to limit it to one, Rena. Okay. I, know, I get it. <laughs> um, but I'll be honest. The one I just read that I'm telling everybody to read right now is called The Psychology of Money. And I've got it right here on my shelf, but I won't grab it because nobody can see it. But it just came out in 2020 and it's okay. called um, The Psychology of Money. And it's by Morgan. Hang on. I'm pulling up. I think it's pronounced Hauschel. Um, Morgan. I, he used to write for The Motley Fool. Okay. It's, I think it's Morgan Housel is how you pronounce it. H O U S E L. Oh yeah. And, yep. Yep. Um, and so he just wrote this book in 2020 called the psychology of money. I just got it a couple weeks ago and absolutely devoured it. And it's a great book on, he tells the story, the book is written through stories and so it's 20, it's a quick read. And so it's 20 stories about valuable lessons of money um, and just an amazing, an amazing um, book. And, you know, part of the, there might be some people right now that are listening or when they do hear this, they're like, their mind immediately turns off because they don't want to deal with money. Yep. But I want to challenge anybody's mindset that's listening to this to say, you got to learn how to manage and use money and use it well, because if you don't learn it that way, then it's going to run you. And that goes back to kind of the discipline equals freedom, right? Yep. Um, and so if you understand money and understand how money works and understand that we use money and that we love people and that people get into trouble when they love money and they use people, and that's the wrong way to do it. But as long as you do it in the right way, money, money is just a tool, right? And so it's a great book. So yeah, highly recommend it. All right. I'm putting that on my list. Thank you. Yeah. And our final question is if you could share one thing with the next generation of women, what would it be? Ooh, I've got a quote and I've got, let me grab it here off my okay. wall. Okay. okay. So I don't butcher it. <laughs> okay. It's my favorite quote. And it's if serving is beneath you, then leadership is beyond you. Oh. And so if you want to lead and if you want to lead well, you have to have a servant's heart and you have to be willing to do things that other people are not going to want to do. And you never, ever can view yourself as being too good or too above doing certain things. So I love that. It's a good quote. It's a great quote. Is that a good, will you say it one more time? Yeah. If serving is beneath you, then leadership is beyond you. Mm, I just got chills down my spine. <laughs> that is amazing. Great quote. So if, for those of you that are listening, Rena, thanks for letting me share it. And I just hope you take that to heart to anyone listening to this. Yeah. I, gosh, I hope so too. Do you, is that um, quoted, is that quote by so somebody or is it unknown? It's unknown. Cause I actually went the very first time I heard, it, I was like, that's great. And I went and looked it up. 
there are people, there are various people that are attributed to it, but the origin of it has, it's nobody knows. So yeah. Amazing. So, good. Absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Rena. I love this. This was a lot of fun. I hope it is. Yes, I agree. <laughs> you're phenomenal. Oh, you're kind. Thank you. You're sweet. Amanda, it has truly been amazing getting to know you today. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. And I will make sure that all of your um, website, Facebook, LinkedIn, all of that is tagged in the show notes or the show comments. And, and if anyone wants to reach out to Amanda, you can absolutely do that through any of her social media platforms. Um, and her email will be in the show notes as well. Perfect. And yeah, I, this has just been, oh, I've loved this conversation. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And, and just Rena Dostecco, um, you know, the, my website's the fastest way to get a hold of me. Also following me on social media. So if I can be of service to anybody listening to this, or if you have any follow-up questions, do not hesitate to reach out. Um, I just, I want to see more um, women with a servant's heart that want to lead to lead well and to represent us well. And we need more at the table. So let's get it done. Yes, we do. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Everybody, you have a beautiful day and we will have another amazing woman on our podcast next week. Thank you so much. A special thank you to our sponsors for making this episode possible.